so it was, and yet God brought some additional things that he planned on as well. Things that wasn't even really on the radar screen at one level, but became a reality in that moment when myself, a friend, and a young man that I barely knew were kneeling down in the dirt. This young man um, had a story, and it wasn't a, a, a great story. He had a really hard life. He, he had a home life that was, um, by all accounts, none of us would want. Didn't have any real role, ment uh, role models or mentors in his life. Really, really was struggling. And, and truth be told, um, he was invited to come on this mission trip by a friend. And um, as a leader, along with a, a few others, we were really not sure about him going. And part of the reason was is this just wasn't a trip for like a vacation, very purpose-driven. Um, and want everybody that went on this trip to understand why it is that they would go. And we didn't know him. And so we had to pray hard about that. Yeah, he really wanted to go, so we devised a little test. A little test in terms of um, being a chance to meet him, but then also gauge commitment to see where he was at. Uh, and it was a pretty big test. And he, he passed. And so still with reservations, not seeing everything that God had in store or planned, um, but we knew that... that God wanted this young man on this trip, so we said, okay. And so he went. And from the time that we um, set foot on that mission base and started to do the things that, that we needed to do, um, got to the villages and everything, he worked hard. We could see that his heart was in it. He wanted to be there. He was getting, as they say, down and dirty, doing things, working hard, doing everything that, that anybody asked and more. And then, more importantly, perhaps, too, during the devotional time, we had a lot of devotional time at night, praise and worship, getting into God's Word. You could just see it. So admittedly, I was watching him really closely. I could just see God at work. It, w it was awesome. And so that went on for three days. The fourth day, we had a little bit of free time. And so I went over, and I had been talking and praying with a friend of mine on the trip and said, hey, what do you think? You want to go on a walk and have a conversation with this young man? He said, sure. So we walk over to him. He's sitting at a table, free time, one of the only times we have, with his friend and with a couple other young people. And I walk up and just say, hey, you want to go for a walk? And I thought there would be some, you know, no, not really, but he just stood up and said, sure. Oh, great. So we leave the compound. We go, it's a gated compound. We go down and we walk down into this valley, and it was the only place really for miles. Um, this village, or, uh, this village could, could grow crops. It had some flat ground, actually. And so we start walking and didn't even need to say a thing. And it just started to gush out his story about the things that he had experienced, the cruddy life that he had had. And the short of it was this. He really wanted to go on this mission trip 
because he wanted, he had reached a point in his life, and think about this, this is a 17-year-old young man. He had reached a point in his life where he needed to know that he had some worth, that his life meant something. And he just wanted to go so he could demonstrate that he could do something for someone that was good. It was incredible. And then shortly after pouring that out, questions started to come. He, he had heard it for a number of days now, and he just wondered, is it true? Did God really see him as somebody who had worth? Did God really love him? Could God really forgive him for some of the things that he had done? You talk about opening up a door. And then another one opened wide the door of his heart. See, right there in that place, some cornfields, banana trees. We knelt down in the dirt. And we prayed. And that young man opened up his heart to receive Jesus Christ as the forgiver of his sins and leader in life. It was a God moment. And I remember being down in the dirt and just shaking. And then all of us jumped up. You know, so we had one of those videos that would have been hilarious. We were jumping around, celebrating, letting out some whoops and cheers and everything. And, and, and the, the kingdom of God was changed in that moment. God had additional plans. And I share that story because that's what happens when you open up your heart to follow God and to be used by him. See, that, that young man, I don't, I don't, it wasn't on his radar screen. He just wanted to, to do something good for somebody. He wanted to take who it is that he was. I don't even think he had a connection with God's glory and honoring God at that moment. He just wanted some self-worth. See, that's what's profound. People don't even need to know who Jesus Christ is in their heart as a Savior and as a leader in life. God places that in everybody's heart. We just need to be willing to move and act on it. And he was. It was awesome. And God continued to use him in powerful and profound ways the rest of, of that time and then beyond. It was a God moment. Why? All because he was willing to use what God gave him for the benefit and the help of others. And now he's doing it for God's glory forever. That's what our truth is about this morning. That's why I shared the story about what can happen when we decide to use the gifts that God has given us and to follow God into places that we don't even know about. But we just simply want to be obedient and use our gifts to follow and to serve Him. Before we read truth, we're going to read um, truth from Romans 12. 
verses 3 to 8. I want to ask you to think a minute. To think about an incredible moment or maybe a number of them that you've had. Something that, that I refer to as God moments. When you, when you realize that God was present and he did this incredible blow-up thing in your heart and in your life in that moment, I'm sure that as you think of that moment, whether it was you or somebody else who was with you or, or prior to that led you to that moment, somebody was willing to be who God had created, redeemed, gifted, and called them to be that led to that moment. Somebody was willing to use the gifts that they had and served the Lord to be a part of that God moment. That's how God works. Those are the blessings that he brings. The privilege, the allowance of being a part of his plans, it's amazing. Open up your hearts and hear the truth that God has for all of us this morning from Romans 12, verses 3 to 8. For by the grace given me, there's a little bit of a different version up there. I'll read what you have on the screen. God has given me his loving favor. This helps me write these things to you. I ask each one of you not to think more of themselves than you should think. Instead, think in the right way towards yourself by the faith God has given you. Our bodies are made up of many parts, and none of these parts have the same use. There are many people who belong to Christ, and yet we are one body, which is Christ. We are all different, but we depend on each other. We all have different gifts that God has given to us by his loving favor. We are to use them. If anyone has the gift of preaching the good news, they should preach. They should use it in the faith that God has given them. If anybody has a gift of helping others, then he should help. If anybody has a gift of teaching, they should teach. If someone has a gift of speaking words of comfort and help, he should speak. If someone has the gift of sharing what he has, he should give from a willing heart. If someone has a gift of leading other people, he should lead. If someone has a gift of showing kindness to others, he should be happy when he does it. This is the word of God. Might it be written on your heart and lived in your life. There's a lot of truth in there, and I invite you to open up a, a Bible, um, whether electronically or in your hand, or paper, and just look at what it is that God is saying in those words. There's a lot there, but it all begins with verse 3. And, and, and everything that follows is tied into that one verse. And you know, it's a verse that... Um, that takes a little bit of, of understanding. Maybe you're a little faster than me. I had to read this verse like three, four, five times to really soak in what it is that God was saying. And it's really, really important to get that because it basically relates to everything else that follows in this passage. We'll just break it down for a few moments. I hope you just reflect on it and think about it relative to who it is that you are and who it is that you're being. It starts out by saying, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. Don't think of yourself more highly than you ought, but with sober judgment. What's that saying? What does that mean? 
what, I think we know what it means not to think of ourselves more highly than we ought. We ought to think of ourselves in a way that is honest, sober judgment, but with humility. We ought to exercise some humility when it comes to who it is that we're being. I would submit to you that in our culture and in our world, that's a real problem. When we start to think about all of the things that we have or all of the things that we achieve, all of our successes, all of the things that are a part of our life, and let's just be honest, sometimes there's a little bit of, hey, I'm doing pretty good. It's not to say that we can't say that in, in a good way, but when we start thinking about things honestly in all areas of our life, I, I would hope that we would exercise a little bit of humility. You know the parable that Jesus taught about the wise and foolish man, right? About the rich, excuse me, rich and foolish man. <laughs> he wasn't too wise. He built all kinds of barns, said, hey, things are going really good. Look around, look at all of the things I've acquired, all of my wealth, all of the good things. Whew, I'm really kicking it. I'm really knocking it out of the park. God says to him, you foolish man. Tonight your life's going to be required of you. I'll build all kinds of different barns, buildings. Humility. God wants us to have that. And then it says this, in accordance with the measure of faith he has given to you. How does that connect to humility? It's a measurement of our faith. Think about how those two things connect. Who it is that we see ourselves as, the things that we claim or we believe are a part of our lives that have been good and great simply because of us versus our faith. It's really important to connect those things. I would say in all of our lives, certainly when it comes to following God and doing his work. According to the measure of faith. That's about knowing God. How well do we know God? Well, partly, this says, how we live our lives demonstrates the truth of that. What it is that happens in our life and who we give credit to for all of that. See, God wants us to understand a couple of things. One, one is that, and we, we got this in the, in the, a couple of weeks ago, remaining, being connected. In him, we can do everything. Apart from him, we can do nothing. And to know that God is the God of the impossible, right? Amazing. The power and the promises of God. I hope that you know God that way. I hope that as you sit here today and you think about who it is that God is and you look at the world around you, you need general revelation and you see everything that's going on, everything that's there that he created awesomely, majestically, and you know who it is that God is. And he can do all things. Well, what does that mean for us then? See, according to the measure of faith that you have, do you believe that? This works at two extremes. We need to never think that it's about us. We never 
can think, and I think in terms of life and the living of life, but then as a body of Jesus or an individual follower, it's not about what we can do, it's about what he can do. It's not about what we possess, but about what it is that he can bring and the ways that he can bless us. not about the gifts we have, but the gifts that he gives. On and on and on. Any time and when we, when we ask or we look at things or we take pride or credit for things that happen, we're not giving God the glory and the honor that he deserves. And we're not demonstrating that we know that it's all about him in the first place. And on the other side of that, it's true as well. But we say, we can't do that. No way. We don't have the resources. We don't have the capabilities. We don't. How well do you know God? See, the measurement of faith that you've been given. He wants us to know. Apart from him, yes, we can do nothing. But as Philippians 4.13 says... With him, we can do everything. Humility in accordance with the faith that we've been given. That verse is there to demonstrate the truth of the use of our gifts and following and serving God with them. So powerful, so profound. It's so critical to understand and to get that. And he speaks more about his truth in terms of of gifts and using them in in this whole passage. You get into verses 4 and 5, and it speaks about how he designed the body of Jesus Christ and some truth about it. Diversity by design. Have you ever thought about how the body of Jesus Christ is formed? By the way, that's my favorite way, my favorite name, my favorite way to look at the church. The body of Christ. Parts all together, inseparably connected, diverse by design. Everybody having all different kinds of gifts to use. Why? Because we live in a lost and hurting world that God deeply loves. There's a lot of needs out there. There's a lot of opportunities. And no one person in this body can do it all. So he gives everybody here different gifts to use. Diversity by divine. And there's some people who need some encouragement. There's some people who need to be taught. There's some people who need to be helped. On and on it goes. Different people doing different things, everybody. And when you think about the body of Jesus Christ, and you think about your body, you get the the reality, you get the understanding of why that's so important and why that's so true. See, one part of our body is not functioning well. it, It impacts the whole body. You got a sore finger, toothache, got a broken bone in your foot, impacts your whole body when things aren't working well. Spiritually, the same thing is true. 
God wants everybody to understand and know that they have a place and that they have worth. One body, many parts. Everybody's been given the privilege of serving God, been gifted. I hope we can grasp this and understand that as we just seek to, to follow the Lord and to do it together. Diversity by design. Look at it this way. What would happen if in the body of Christ there was only one or two gifts? Think about that for a minute. Think about everything that happens in this place. All the good people, all the different gifts that are used. But what would happen What would happen if there was only one spiritual gift that this body had? What would it look like? Maybe it helps to think about your body. What if your body only had, think about this, this is going to be hard. What would your body look like if all it could do is smell? That's exactly my, (laughs) it'd be funny and sad at the same time. What if all your, your eyes could only smell, they couldn't see? What if your ears could only smell, they couldn't hear? What if your legs could only smell? I know what they'd be saying to your feet. <laughs> you stink. <laughs> could you grab anything? Could you go anywhere? How long would you be healthy? You couldn't eat anything. You could only smell it. You couldn't chew it. You couldn't digest it. You'd be sick really quick. And you'd die. You see, diversity by design. God desires the church, his body to be healthy and to thrive. And so he gave it every single part of it. He gave it gifts, and he gave it gifts to use. To use so that the body would be healthy and strong, so that the body would thrive. And it would serve and be Jesus Christ together. Gifts were given to be used. I think of Ephesians 4.16. Maybe you know that verse. From him the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love. As what? Do you know the rest of it? The last line? As some parts? As a few parts? No. As every part does its work. Great truth. Something that's here in this passage as you continue through verses 6 to 8. God's gifts given to be used. Statements about giftedness. 
somebody has a gift of prophecy, use it. Somebody has a gift of serving, let them serve. Somebody has a gift of teaching, they teach. Encouraging, encourage. Giving, give, contribute to the needs of others. Leadership, to do it and to do it well, diligently. Mercy, do it cheerfully. Gifts are given to be used, not to put on a shelf. Think about that for a minute. Anybody give somebody a gift this last Christmas? I'm looking to see who didn't raise their hand. We've got to work on your generosity. We gave gifts. Here's the question. When you gave that gift, did you hope that somebody would never use it? Did you hope that when you gave that person that gift and one that you can think of that you were really excited about, that, that when you gave them that gift, they would toss it over their shoulder? Or they would, they'd put it on a shelf and they'd never use it? Stick it in a closet, let it collect dust? Did you think that what your hope was? Of course not. It's not God's hope either. When he knit you together in your mother's womb, he had plans for you. And he gave you gifts. Gifts to be used. You read another passage about gifts, 1 Corinthians 12. And it really emphasizes and highlights that fact that everybody has gifts to use. Everybody is important. Everybody has worth. God wants you to discover yours. He wants you to know who you were created, redeemed, gifted, and called to be. Gifts were given to be used. It's so clear in this passage, verses 6 to 8. And to do it with a heart that says, yes, God, I'm here, I'm ready. I'm willing, I'm excited. I got passion in my heart to be who it is that I know that you want me to be as I pick up my feet and I follow you. I'm not going to be like that fine china that's stuck in a cabinet and never gets pulled out. Gifts a huge part of following Jesus. And that's the challenge for us. Follow Jesus by serving God with the use of our gifts. This is a little, um, what you have on the screen is a little acronym about your shape, that purpose-driven church. It's in that book, and that um, they use that Saddleback Community Church. But just look at that for a minute. Think about yourself. Think about your life. You have shape. You have spiritual gifts. You were given them so that you'd discover them, so that you'd know them, so that you would use them. God gave you a heart. Why? Because he wants you to use that too, to open it up to what it means to follow Jesus, to do it willingly and enthusiastically as you have gifts. Question not to 
condemn or make you feel guilty. How's that going? Abilities. Applying your abilities to use your gifts. Your skill sets, things that you bring to the table that you wouldn't necessarily call a spiritual gift, but that help you use it. Personality. This is one of the things that people struggle with sometimes. See, they look at somebody else who's gifted and they think, wow, if I could only do or if we could only have those kinds of... God just wants you to be you. He doesn't require you to be anybody else. You don't have to measure up to anybody but Him. You just need to be you, your own personality, who it is that you are. God will use you to do incredible things. You don't need to try to copy or emulate or do whatever. You just need to be you. That's it. Experiences. And that's one of the cool things about the body of Christ, too. So you have experiences that nobody else has with people in your life. People that God has put around you. People at school. People at work. People in your family. He wants you to use those experiences as you use your gifts to be able to do things that only you can do, to reach people only you can reach. We've all been given that privilege, all been given that opportunity. What does that look like and what does that mean? And again, how's that shaking out? Not to condemn, not to challenge, but to encourage. It's one of the things that um, we can help with as a body of Jesus. We can help you understand um, what your gifts are. Maybe you don't know. Maybe you have an idea. We can help you identify what your gifts are so that you know them so that you can what? Use them. That's another way that we can help. The connecting process. Just had a great time with um, a number of different people the last two weeks in the Explorers class and talked about that. See, because it's God's, God's design, His purpose for everybody who knows Jesus Christ not to just come to church and sit on a pew for an hour, but to be to be in the world in which they live and to use the gifts that he's given to them. And that's the hope that we have. We, we want to help everybody see who it is that they are. They're great worth to God. Do you realize that? I hope so. Back to that story. You know, that young man thought he had no worth to anybody. And in that moment, God revealed to him who he was and who he could be if he picked up his feet and he followed him. It was amazing and incredible, a God moment. Because something was lit inside of that young man that never went out. That's what God wants for you. You have great worth and God has given you the privilege if you're a follower of Jesus 
He's given you the privilege to be a part of his plans. There are times when I think about that. See, we can get captivated by power and success in this world. And we can look at certain people and think, oh, they've got it all, when really they have nothing. Because someday, as Peter says, it's all going to melt and rot and fade away. The only things that will remain are the things of God. Isn't it incredible that he has said to you, I love you so much, I want to reveal my grace to you, and I have great plans for you, my plans, plans that will last forever. You want a legacy? Follow Jesus. Use your gifts. Impact the very kingdom of God by winning people for Christ and equipping them to serve. That's our challenge as followers of Jesus and together. Might it be in profound, wonderful God moments. Will you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you so much for your goodness and grace. I thank you so much for who you are. Oh Lord, and we, we come before you and we praise you for that. We thank you that we can truly do all things in you who strengthens us. It doesn't depend on what we have or don't have. It doesn't depend on our capabilities. What we can do or what we can't do. Lord, you are a good, a majestic, and an awesome God. And I pray, oh Lord, that you would speak boldly to each one here so that they would know your great worth and their great worth to you. You're a good God, an amazing God, and we praise your name humbly and with gratitude. Amen.